Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Well, let's take a look at the trailer first for Life of Pi. So I was sitting in this coffee house, and this old man at the table next to me struck up a conversation. He said you had an amazing story. Let's see then, where to begin. I was born and raised in one of the most beautiful places on earth. It was a time filled with wonder that I'll always remember. But when my family chose to move our zoo halfway around the world, that is when my greatest journey began. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from MTV News, Josh Horowitz, and tonight's guest, Oscar-winning director, Ang Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Well, on behalf of this audience, let me thank you again for uh, taking the time out to uh, chat with us tonight, Mr. Lee. This is a, a true honor. This is a, I'm sure a lot of this audience has gotten a chance to see the film, and after tonight, uh, hopefully the, the stragglers will see it as well. Um, congratulations on this great piece of work. So let's first talk about the genesis of this, because obviously uh, probably most people here know that Life of Pi began not in your brain, but in uh, Jan Martel's mind as a, as a beautiful novel. Um, what was your first interaction with it? When did you read it at first? Um, I, I read it about 10 years ago when it first came out. This is the kind of book friends introduce to each other. Uh, you got to read this. It's interesting or, or buying as a gift. So I, I was introduced. I read it. And immediately, immediately I introduced my wife, my two kids. We talked about it for weeks. It's that kind of a book. I didn't think it was a movie at all. I think anybody thought that would be crazy. <laughs> um, 
I'm curious. Uh, it'd be yeah. just too expensive to do the book justice. Uh, that's that's what I thought. As a filmmaker, when you are when you're reading any book for fun for recreation, can you turn that filmmaker eye off? I mean, are you always thinking, okay, what would I do with this? What could this turn into? Uh, absolutely. Uh, no, we're trying to you know, look for things, and you can't help it. If anything inspiring. Uh, actually, it happened to me a few times, like, like uh, the movie I did, The Ice Storm. Uh, very often, it happened to me uh, uh, quite a few times, there's a certain image. It's not even a story or a character or a situation. It's just certain images that just hit me or certain uh, elements that all of a sudden that's unusual that clicks. And, and I thought, oh, maybe there's a movie that, that's curious. And, and why, why do I get attracted? Uh, that didn't happen to me. <laughs> Just because there's some the, sections yeah. in the in the in the voyage that was very vivid reading, um, and I thought, oh, that's that's good movie material, even though they're very expensive. But they don't make me jump on it. So I want to make a movie about this. At the end, that was really mind-boggling and inspiring uh, that when the twist happens. But that's pure uh, thinking. It's, it's a book about ideas, great ideas, but it didn't, it seems to be cinema to me. Right. Where and when did the where and when did the shift occur? Did it did it occur with the uh, evolution of technologies or just a script that came your way? How did you enter the picture as a as a uh, filmmaker? About four and a half years ago, uh, I was asked to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and the fox came to me. Uh, the, the property is available. And of course, they say you're the only one in the world who can ever you know, make this into a movie. Uh, that you know, that worked. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it was it's intriguing to me, though. As difficult as it is, this actually I found the most difficult thing. Uh, well, first of all, you know how how do you make a, a drift movie, a drift you know, across the Pacific without Tom Hanks? That you know. <laughs> But most of all, it's exam illusions. The, the third act's what troubles me. That strikes me as not movie friendly. Right. Yeah, it, it, no, it's great as reading material, but uh, you know, you know, as movie makers, we totally rely on images. You know, realistic images, photo realistic images, and we rely on emotional ride. You know, and the the attention from the audience is mandatory. You don't want to snap out of it. You don't want to pull the rock under their feet. They can get very angry at you. Right. <laughs> um, so that 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 was uh, that's almost like a tab taboo to me. And it's yeah. So that that yeah. was really the scary part. Uh, ten years ago, I did a movie called The Hulk. So I know some CG work. I know water probably uh, is harder than anything. Uh, no, when I got into it, it's still harder than I imagined. Actually, uh, I know water is hard, but. That the last part of the book scared me the most. Many of your your films um, have not been of, of this scale, just in terms of budget. I mean, you mentioned the Hulk. That I would guess that's probably the only comparable one in terms of just the sphere of of budget you're working with here. So, I mean, do you feel? I mean, does most of the pressure on a project like this come from internally? Like, are you putting the pressure on yourself, or do you feel external forces? Are you very much aware of of studio and the expectations of audiences and people that love the book? Um, where does it come from? At the scare is it more internal. The, the second part you talk about. I, I'm not afraid of work. You know, once you have a goal, you just you know find a way to do it. Actually, that was a good part, and I felt brave and 
daring, I'm creative, not only creating images, but create ways to make movies. A facility, in this case, I created a facility to do this. And uh, I was thinking outside the box by moving the whole production outside of the box, the Hollywood. <laughs> I was making this in Taiwan, you know, all kinds of unusual approach. But that, that was the fun part, actually. You know, it's tenacious, it's hard, a lot of suffering, but uh, that don't scare me. But how is it going to perform? Oh. I carry that anxiety for, you know, for three years about. Right. Is there a sense of, I mean, what's, what's your sense as you sit here today now that the film has, is being experienced by audiences? I mean, I can only imagine, again, those weeks leading up to release when you're still putting the finishing touches on such a complex undertaking. Um, is there an exhale right now? Are you enjoying sort of seeing what people, how people interpret the film? I did feel that exhale uh, when I first showed the movie to the audience of New York Film Festival. Uh, you know, New York Film Festival opening, that's a pretty high bar cr um, crowd. And I was the only first real crowd you know, when I f you know, almost finished the film. Not quite completely, but it was the first time I faced a big audience. At the end, there's an immediate cheer and, and clap, and you know, some went on a standing ovation. and. So I guess I was okay. That's a good night's sleep, I would <laughs> yeah, think that Yeah, that was night. a good night's sleep. <laughs> well, I, I was actually quite excited. Right. Um, uh, but, but then, it's, you know, I got to start to you know, promote the movie and absorb how people see the movie right. from places to places. And I'm still experiencing that. Um, there, there are a lot of aspects to discuss about the film. Um, you mentioned, um, allude to the, you know, the, the casting, and that you don't, y you can't, or don't rely on a, a Tom Hanks for this kind of a story. But you do rely on an exceptional perform performer in Surge. Um, we have a piece of video that I want to show the guys. That, that's really entertaining and interesting to sort of see uh, about Sur Surge's kind of journey into this character. Let's take a look at that. Mr. Patel has an astounding story of courage and endurance, unparalleled in the history of shipwrecks. Growing up in India, I never thought when I was watching a movie that um, I'd actually be in one. Like, I don't know if I'm nervous or excited or what, but definitely something. When I got the role, my mom and dad, they never believed me. Now they're excited, now, they're, now they know it's really happening. <laughs> this is like a walk in a park. Mm. What kind of park? A park that's on fire. There's so much that I learned, so many things that I saw, then so many things I got exposed to that I, I really never thought I would be. What was it like to end up in a film like this? It's unbelievable. I never thought I'd be in this situation. It's just, it's, it's like a dream. I think Pi had this adventure, and there was this journey that took place. I think for me, I was put into a situation I had never been in, and I was at it for a long period of time, and I survived. So this is this is virtually like a, a Scarlett O'Hara search. This is like a wide casting call for the centerpiece, literally the person that is going to have to hold the audience's attention for virtually from the beginning to the end of the film. Um, 
how do you approach something like that? What were you looking for, and how did you arrive at Surge? Um, let me talk abstract a little bit. I, I want to find somebody who looked like Pi. And, and I did find that boy. So first, you got to carve it in. I, I started out in India. I hope I can find somebody that has a good, great look of innocence, uh, very Indian. No, I don't want him to speak in French accent, American accent, or English accent, with, with Indian accent. And I hope he has a classical um, uh, upbringing. And Pai is everybody, you know. And we go all the way to India. We want to find an Indian soul. So some, something I have fantasy on. And in the, in the book, it's very hard to imagine, you know, when you read a book, uh, no, from my experience, what Pai looks like. He's like this most fantastical kid. He's like, everything you read about him is doing something fantastic. He figured this out, figured out, he survived this, survived that. He's like a super kid. It's very hard to imagine. And when you line them up, uh, you, you think that Pai must be this greatest bullshitter. You know, this cannot <laughs> be true. Uh, he's every man. <laughs> no, it's like a prophet. Uh, and, but when I, when I no, movie, we rely on those faces. Uh, so after viewing th three th review of 3,000 kids, uh, we narrowed down to 12 of them. I met them in Mumbai. The first time I saw him, he, was, he's, he still had that. After those events in New York Festival, I don't, you got to take that glasses off. <laughs> That's what happened. You know, I said, take your glasses off, and I, I, I think I saw Pi. It's a compelling, you know, I know I can make a movie uh, on, on this face. Uh, and I and I try him out in a, a screen test. Uh, that's the the most memorable uh, experience I had. It's like he's like this little Buddha. I talked to him for five minutes. All of a sudden, I remember the last light. He was a great actor or something. Yeah. It's like he's awakened. And I set him up in certain situations. I take it for real. Take take a minute. And then you now there's a second story. It's a f no, five minute monologue. And I say, tell that as if it's real. So I get, put him in a situation, and it was just heartbreaking. Of course, he's slow. He's not a skilled actor yet. But the way he stayed in the, in the situation, the whole, whole body, like down to every molecule, he's following you know, that character in the situation. Uh, toward the end, he started to cry. Yeah. And, and before he cried, we already know we got the kid. <laughs> Did you? Um I mean, once, once you're on set directing him, are, are you directing him differently than you are someone like Irfan Khan or Jar Depardieu, these people that, that have these, they've been doing it for decades. Do you, do you have to hold his hand a little bit more on set? What's the difference in terms of how you direct him? Uh, yeah, and of course I have to direct him more. But most of all, when you have somebody like that, you, you, you really treasure him. He is Pi. It's not like he's playing Pi, he is your Pi. Um, so of course, we, you know, he, he didn't swim when I casted him. I've got to train him how to swim, how to be a good seaman. And I, I personally gave him acting lessons, um, you know, all, all kinds of a drilling for three months. Then every shooting day is it's training days. The thing with him is that it, it's a, not only teach him how to act and give him directions, but also you have to condition him. You have to make him pie, you know, just build character on him. So he lived those months like Pi. And then once we start shooting, especially the ocean part, it really was shooting order, which is unusual for this kind of you know, big production. And then we just 
is one reason we we have to lose lose he has to lose weight, <laughs> so uh, so we're shooting order. Um, we don't have Tom Hanks. We don't have like that kind of budget to to stop production for six months, and so he can go through a program. The every day is the program. Uh, so as he's going, is being a better, better seaman, and better tiger trainer, and he's also losing weight. Our lunch time is his crunching time. You know, his, his workout, losing weight. Then we feed him a slice of apple. Uh, <laughs> um, and then a makeup person, because he has uh, skin complexion, makeup on. It will all mad because he worked out. She would cry. You know, it happened every day. She has to spend one more hour just on the makeup. And you know. the last three months, we shoot nothing but him. But eventually, he becomes the spiritual leader. You know, that everybody tells him what to do. And when we set him out in that big water tank, it's very hard to to shoot water movie. You know. But once you set him out there, he's on his own. You know, it takes a big effort to reach out there to talk to him, so he's on his own. Uh, so we got this horn, one horn, because the machine's really loud, and we have rain and uh, every, every, all the conditioning, and wind machine and everything. So one horn is for action, two horn, no, two horns is action, and one horn is for reset. So he's setting the prop, doing continuity, you know. He's, do, he's on his own. Uh, Eventually, we realize he become like the spiritual leader. You know, we all tell him what to do, but at the end, he's pie. He's our pie. We all work on him and his condition, his availability, his devotion, his investment in belief that we go through the journey along with him. It's a it's uncanny sort of trip. And the last month, he plays the part where he start to lose his mind, and. On the set, I will let everybody talk to him. So he has to live in silence, only listen to the weird music I feed him on the headphone. <laughs> and he just has this spiritual look. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's beyond acting. Yeah. You know, If I put somebody like him, like halfway into the training, I can put any good actor. Like, like could be top of the line actor next to him, they'll feel pressure, because acting is supposed to be like that. Uh, and they have, you know, they have to get rid of so many things, act so much to act like that. But here's the thing. Uh, so, so that's a journey we all take, a leap of faith, as you say. Um, but it's quite incredible experience. I'm curious also, I mean, anyone that's, that's seen you speak before or is here tonight seeing you speak, um, you come across as a very soft-spoken, thoughtful man on a set of a, a film, which is a very high-pressure situation. I would imagine there are situations where you have to, where, where things don't go well. Do you ever, I mean, do you ever raise your voice? Do you ever have to become the taskmaster that? Uh, not over this one. Really? Yeah. Uh, there, this one was so much hardship and so much. some difficulty. I never, for like 12 hours, we didn't get anything done. Between water, the uh, situation, the rain, and, uh, and the technical difficulty with the 3D cameras. Uh, Sometimes 12 hours, all night long, we don't get anything done. No, I, I didn't lose it. I was just like, <laughs> Internally going When right. I see people give so much, everything, to get what you want, I never have the heart to yell at anybody. But if they don't, I probably, it happened in my career. But, uh, but not, not with this one. Everybody's like, no. It's a labor of love. And they all want to give. So, so there's no reason for me to do anything, even close to that.
Um, let's, let's, we have a, a couple glimpses that we want to give the audience that hasn't had a chance to see the, the film in full yet. Here's a, a first clip from uh, Life of Pi. Take a look. Let's go before we get into trouble. I want to see him close up. You're not a zookeeper. your mind? Who gave you the permission to come back here? I just wanted to say hello to him. You think that tiger is your friend? He is an animal, not a playmate. Animals have souls. I have seen it in their eyes. So, so Pi discussing uh, Richard Parker, the, the, the tiger, have animals having souls, then yet ironically, um, there's no animal. With a, there's no soul on the set <laughs> opposite, <laughs> opposite that actor. I mean, how... Uh, give, give us a sense of sort of the difficulty of creating a fully realized um, co-star completely digitally and make it feel as real as anything else on screen. Uh, tedious. Takes years. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to make sure a tiger behave like tiger. They don't sing. They don't behave like human. They don't look like... Uh, they don't act like the, the animator themselves and then project themselves into the, the animal. Uh, anthropomorphism is, is, is absolutely no for me. So I got to start learning tiger first uh, and talk to the trainer. Uh, we have, fortunately, we have the best trainer in the world, the Frenchman. Uh, and, and then we study the tiger. We shoot a whole bunch of references. Yeah. A, a lot of the, sh some of the shots made into the movie we also shoot tons and tons of you know, uh, the, the tigers. We have four tigers, uh, down to every nuances, you know, the skin, their muscles, their hair, how they catch lice, every little twitches. Uh, so we have a great library of, um, of the, the, the animal. We have four types of animals, particularly tiger. Um, so we, we learn about that. And then, of course, I, I pre-visualize them, I block them. Um, most of the time, we shoot a tiger first, then we shoot you know, pie, uh, sorage. And sometimes, there's no way, you know, how the tiger, you, know, you can make the tiger do certain things. So um, we do the animation, show the actors, everybody knows how it's going to act. Uh, so the blocking, we get the approval from the, the, uh, the, the, the trainer, the animal actually will do that for sure. Then the little nuances would take, uh, you know, it, it took a couple of years to make it to realization. Um, I, I know the audience is gonna have a, a ton of questions, but before we go to that, I do wanna ask about one aspect of this film that, um, I mean, hopefully if people see this, they get a chance to see it on, on the big screen, A, and get the chance to see it in 3D, because, you know, we've, We've been hearing a lot about, we see a lot of films in 3D, and um, most of them aren't utilizing it probably in the right way. A lot of them are being post-converted, et cetera. But this uses it so gorgeously and, and truly vividly. Um, do you have now kind of the 3D bug going forward? Did it just serve the purpose of this film? Give me a sense of what attracted you to 3D for this project. Well, I thought of 3D before I know what it was, uh, because I thought it's, the movie's kind of unmakeable. 
So I thought maybe with another dimension, maybe I could take the leap of faith. Maybe things will open up. It was a pretty naive thinking, uh, almost silly. But um, once I got into it, do my research and start learning about it, I, I found it's a new media. Actually, the thinking helped open up another dimension for you know, a thinking movie like this. And the mise-en-scene you know, is somewhat different. Um, but, but most of all, I, I know it's going to do water wonders. You know? that, that's the secret to do this water movie without Tom Hanks. The water become a character. It's a reflection of uh, dramatic um, impulses, mood, motivations, and all that, e even emotions. It's a visualization of emotions. So it's very, very expressive. You know, it's transparent, the shape, the move, and when it comes out to you, you actually feel like you're, you're more immersed into the world, you know, coexist with our, our main character. So you're experiencing it, not only you're watching it. So I, I think that, that that's been great. So that, that's how I got into it. As I get into it, and, and you know, I can take a class, you know, give a class now about what I discovered, uh, I, I, I think it's a great, uh, actually, uh, a dramatic tool. Yeah. No, of course, visually it's a it's a it's a very different ball game. It's still related to the filmmaking, um, but it's a new world. We start to get to know it. Uh, I was very insecure. I don't know how people were uh, would uh, respond. Looks like we you know did the first step, and to me, we know about two D for a long time. And 3D, uh, we're just taking baby steps. It's a new language. We got to be trailblazers. So, uh, if I get the budget to do it again, I'll I'll, I'll keep learning it. But it, it's still expensive. Yeah. Well, if I do a new like New York independent film, I couldn't afford it. Right. Anytime it's it's possible, I'll. I'll I pick it on again. Well, it does seem like every every year, the last few years. I mean, it's exciting when when great filmmakers like yourself and James Cameron obviously did so well in Avatar, and Scorsese did it so well, and and Hugo. It feels like every year there's at least one or two that are rising above, and that's for the rest of the 3D lot that is, and yours certainly does. Um, would you ever go back? I mean, like if Crouching Tiger would made were made today, would that lend itself to 3D? Is that the kind of thing that would make sense for it? I don't think about it anymore. You know, I give everything I have to that movie, and that that exists in 2D. However, there's one movie I made, The, the Hulk. I wish I had 3D. The first time I saw um, a, a close-up and that of a head with a big volume that's sticking out to you, I said, "That that's Hulk's head." <laughs> and I wish I had that 10 years ago. No, a big head is a big head. <laughs> you know, in 2D, a big head and, and a close-up, they look the same thing. Right, just um, a head. You know, and because the head is big, so the eyes is more separated. So in return, when you see people, it's miniaturized. Right. And you can, and he can certainly call it puny human. <laughs> uh, I wish I had that 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, let's open it up to this audience. Yeah. Yeah, just raise your hand and we'll come on over to you. I'm going to start right here in the front row. Hi, uh, it's a real honor speaking to you. Um, I think Life of Pi is the most beautiful film I've ever seen. Uh. Um, and I was, yeah, applause, it's gorgeous. Thank you. Um, I feel like all of your films are so diverse, they're so different from each other. I think it's safe to say the Hulk is a little different from Brokeback Mountain, and I think that it's incredible how different each film is. So do you approach, do you want to have 
very different films and challenge yourself in new ways, or does it just naturally play out like that? Uh, I didn't start on my career like that. Uh, I guess because I was young, nobody gave me scripts, so I got to write them. So I wrote what I know. I wrote family drama um, for the Taiwanese mainstream audience. And then I started to get a war. They started to play uh, as foreign films here. And then I kept doing family drama, social satire, uh, metal drama. And I, and I got hired to do uh, Sense and Sensibility, my first English language film. Um, after that, I, I just don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I felt like it's the same thing. I kept repeating myself. So I start deliberately fight against uh, just about all, all the material sent it to me. At that time, people started you know, give me uh, materials, whether it's script form or book form. Uh, or just ideas. I, I like that. I, I'm glad I don't have to write anymore. I can just go ahead and make movies. Um, but in doing so, uh, when people pitch me, obviously the non-family drama, even though I still find family drama in them, for, for example this one, but I like to uh, change the canvas, so to speak. Yeah. I, I don't know why that attracts me. And I, I don't want to stay in the same place. And I don't want to feel like I'm doing a job, I'm doing something I know what to do. I want to learn different types of filmmaking. I want to deal with different genres. Yeah. Uh, I make a not so great comparison. Like in marriage, you have to be lawyer, but you know, making movies, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I'm an avid filmmaker. Uh, I really have the appetite to pick on different things, but they have to move me in a God level, in a universal way. For example, Brokeback Mountain, I, I, read a, I read a short story and I cry at the end. I don't know what got to me. Uh, nothing's further away from my life experience than Wyoming gay cowboys. <laughs> but it's just wonderful. Yeah. And also, I began to realize making movies is the way I live my life. Uh, that's the best part of my life, you know. I was focused, I was doing what I like to do. Every day hundreds of people want to give me what I want. <laughs> and I've got to learn the skill of different type of filmmakers from people all over the world. Uh, so I want to find something that's worthy me leaving for one or two years. Something I'm curious about. I don't quite know, but I can connect to. Uh, some people that make me curious about. Not only me jump in, but people you know, who follow me, they have an interesting year or two of their lives. You know, it's, it's worthy of me doing it. You know. I, I, I don't have a checklist. <laughs> I'm not ambitious that way. Just yeah. like they naturally, one, after one movie, uh, I'll get attracted to something else, and I move along. We have our next question all the way here up against the wall to your right. First of all, it's very honored to have you here at the Apple Store. I'm just goosebump, just just watching you. Um, welcome to New York. This movie is, I think, you should up for the Oscar. And as a young filmmaker myself, I mean, I can't wait to see the movie tonight. I'm gonna go to all these films that you made. How do you compare Life of P, the movie, which is one of your favorite, or is one of the top films that you ever made? And if you do have a chance, would you ever? remake a movie called Gandhi. I think you'll be an amazing director to remake the Gandhi. I think you're an absolute genius. 
Thank you. I don't know if I will remake Gandhi. <laughs> um, it already won the Oscar. <laughs> uh, I think the chance that they, they, they give that twice to the same movie is pretty slim. Um, but well, do you, do you have a favorite? Do you, I mean, do you pick favorites um, among your, your films? Is it no, I, I don't think I'm allowed to. Um, they're, they're like my children. Every movie, I'm proud of them. They're like my kids. And I'm proud of everybody work with me. It, they're unique in their own way. And I cannot watch them as a movie, uh, like, like a story. I think I, I deprive myself of that pleasure. I'm unlike everybody. I'm so close to the movie. They're like part of my life. When I watch them, I see patches of uh, flashbacks, uh, memories. Uh, as I experience through them. So I cannot have the rightful distance with them to, to watch as the story flow in, in front of my, my face. Um, but I do connect to them. I'm very proud of them. Uh, this is by far the hardest one. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big stretch for me because I'm dramatically trained to do something this visual and to pre-visualize them and to so rely on the visual uh, happening and expensive digital works, uh, almost like you tr I was painting like, like every you know every shot of them, visual effect shot of them. I feel like I was doing painting, but put it together, it still has to be emotional and dramatic, and thought inspiring. So that experience is is is, is, is very special. It, it stands out as uh, the most philosophical and. Uh, Probably most emotional for me because you know, it's hard to <laughs> suffer through it. And it also took the longest. You know. Our next question is in the second row in front of you. I know we're supposed to be focusing on the life of Pi. I've seen it. I love it. I'll see it again. But can you give us a hint of what the next movie's going to be about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I felt as lost as uh, when Pi landed. You know. uh, right now I feel like I was exhausted. I was spent. And nothing is supporting me. You know. Not even agony. So, <laughs> so I'm kind of at, at a limbo kind of a stage. Um, I, I want to be honest about what my thinking process to everybody. But I'm just literally uh, kind of uh, empty right now. <laughs> you literally just finished, like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, and most of the time, I know what, what it, I have an inkling of what's going on next. But uh, th I think this is the first time in my career I feel I was kind of at a loss. I was in a crossroad. A lot of things, not about movie, but about life that I want to figure out. Um, no, life is, is like pie. Uh, it's confusing. <laughs> That's why we need to tell story, because it has an end, beginning, middle, end. That's why I make movie, because there's a delivering day. <laughs> um, but personally, uh, making movies is not what's in my mind. Uh, you know, I, I need to sort things out in my life. Enjoy the moment, at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why publicist says to me, "Can you just enjoy it? Enjoy <laughs> the moment. We're doing fine." <laughs> we're going to take another question. But all thank the way you to for care about that. All the way to your right, and then we're going to go to the middle after this. 
Hi, Mr. Lee. What was your experience like directing the Hulk, and did you ever meet Stan Lee? Oh, the Hulk? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I brought him to the set. He played a cameo. Um, uh, he, he, you know, shortly before that, well, not too long before that, he saw Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He said, uh, I'm, I'm free to choose any of his book, and he'll support me. He so wanted me to make uh, a movie of his, um, his books. Um, and I saw him again at the premiere. Uh, he was very excited as we walk in. Uh, when the movie's over, I never saw him or talked to him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's his feeling about the movie. <laughs> um, I, I, I made a, I saw the material as a um, psychodrama. Uh, I gave a lot of thoughts. I took it very seriously, and I probed a lot of anger and agony sort of feeling in the movie. Again, the, the, the movie's like my child. I was very uh, proud of it. I, I never know how Stanley um, you know, felt about, you know, did I give too much thought, or I, I don't know how he responded. I'll go on record in saying that I find Nick Nolte's performance in that Amazingly riveting. <laughs> it's it's a it's a great great performance, truly. Um, did we have another? He's a Hulk. Said? Yes, we have another. He's question. a Hulk in himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, my question um, has to do with uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and also, of course, this film. Both um, are spiritual journey films. You've used language in this interview around feeling connectedness. Is there something that you can uh, mention about filmmaking as a spiritual journey for yourself? Uh, it is, but however, I, I don't, I don't give that a thought. Just, as I was making it, uh, somehow the show must go on. Some somehow the movie is bigger than us. Um, it feels spiritual because if I always feel like, especially when I'm in, in trouble, uh, like many times in, in making this movie, one way or another, for a very long time. I just have a feeling that the movie directs me. It's not me directing the movie. I feel like a slave. Um, when I did, I remember when I was in the middle of shooting Last Caution, I was very uncomfortable with the material. It was very challenging. And sometimes I just hate that writer so much that dragged me, seduced me into this thing. It's a hell she, she created. <laughs> I didn't care what, she's the most beloved, um, uh, literature person in Chinese modern history, but I didn't care what the scholar says. They didn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They spent a week in a theory, but I live in her hell for a year. It's like I, you know, I, it just it was it was hell, just mental hell, and I hated her. I want to kill her. <laughs> and the only thing that came in came my sanity is I I didn't want to lose to her. And at night I was just look up and say like, I, I'm not gonna let you beat me. I'm gonna go out healthy and I'm gonna bring everybody healthy with me that you're making this movie. I'm gonna survive. Um, this, of course, I didn't have that feeling that, because that resentful feeling. I was blessed you know, you know, with the book and how did I meet the boy? You know, it, it, it seems to be, it's, it's a gift, God gave it to me. It's difficult, it's a test of your strength and your faith, but go ahead, make this movie, uh, go through that journey. 
uh, not only with shooting in parallel to pies. Uh, no, for the last 10 years, I began to feel like uh, I've become the movie I'm making. You know? So uh, I was very careful about choosing my projects. I could foresee it, I could smell it, something's coming. I'm going there, <laughs> I'll be lonely, I suffer. <laughs> I look at God and say, like, why? G give me a sign. And, and the question will be unanswered. And I would just go on and on and on until someday I wake up and say, oh, maybe that's what God meant. Uh, so it does feel spiritual, very much so. Uh, I would feel spiritual on the other way because, um, like, so, sorry, people keep asking me, what, what, what did he made, told you? How, you know, how, how did he come acting? What did he give him everything he wants? Uh, what did he tell him? How did he direct you? He kept saying, you know, I don't remember what he says. But just the way he come towards me, I have to give everything <laughs> I have. <laughs> it's just the way he looks so possessed. Just the way I, I don't, I don't have a mirror in front of me. I don't know what I look. But I heard not only him, but a lot of people say that about me. Perhaps over the years, those movie work not because of what I said to people, what I do. Just the way I look, maybe <laughs> I carry myself. Uh, so I don't know. So I, I don't think about that, but. Uh, each time I chose to do something, as somebody asked me why I keep changing project, I guess I was possessed by different movies. I, I do feel like the, those movie wants to meet people. I'm just a vessel, like, like you said. I have to surrender, I have to be humble. And sometimes I was like, shit, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> why me? Why don't you choose somebody else? <laughs> Go call Martin Scorsese next time for a rough one, right? The next question is going to be in the middle. Hi. Uh, there seems to be a theme of uh, a lot of aspiring filmmakers in the room, so I have a filmmaking question. I, I love your movies, but I always am interested in uh, some of the filmmakers that have inspired you through through the years. Like, what are some of your favorite movies and directors and filmmakers? Uh, that's a hard one for me, because um, there are so many of them. Uh, I, I'll tell you, some, you know, they're like Bergman that inspired me. Um, but I cannot do what he does. You know, he just like spiritually inspired me. I, I'll, I'll take a few things from him, but I'll do something else. But I can tell you a few f filmmakers that I aspire to become to, uh, or something I could do that close to them, uh, like uh, some of the, uh, like the director of uh, Bicycle Thief Di Sica, the, the neorealist, realism Italian movies, they do melodrama. So I could do melodrama just by nature, but they're able to raise it to uh, sociology and philosophy level, to a much higher level. So I really admired that and I found my, me just naturally do it. And when it comes to family drama, I really like the Japanese director Ozu. I like that quietness. Of course, I, I'm much louder. Recently, I realized I really love Kubrick. He's a great inspiration. You know, especially when I want to do some movie like this. It's kind of unusual. Uh, not only it's a visual extravaganza, it's new technology, but you're, you're experiencing a movie like, like subconscious tour. It's sort of driven into you. Uh, that I really, he's a great film I really admire. Uh, when I was younger, I liked Billy Wilder. I want to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many of them. It's very hard. 
Well, like the filmmakers you mentioned, uh, clearly you are an inspiration to this crowd and, and many people that couldn't be with us here today. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Ang Lee, director of Life of Pi. Check it out if you haven't already seen it. Thank you. Thank you.